Hello. Oh, I'm on. Hey. I've got some notes here, but I really don't know um, how much of them I'll actually look at or anything at all. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Um, yeah, I've particularly loved everything that's happened this morning so far, really. Um, and um, yeah, I really loved Andy putting conferences in that context. Absolutely fantastic. You know, it's not just something we're doing. There's a purpose to it. It's not just to kind of build something. It's of eternal kind of significance, you know. Um, and I'm just really excited by what God's doing in the West and the fact that we're seeing these kind of things we've just heard from you guys um, in, you know, in, in the West. Um, and I think one of the significant things about that for me um, is that in the West, we've predominantly shut down the whole, like, the supernatural, if you'd want to call it that, or even just the spiritual. And we've, we've concentrated a lot on the mind and understanding and knowledge and all that kind of thing. You go to school, you predominantly get knowledge and maybe a little bit of stuff like creativity, like drawing and art and music, but it's, it's a little bit of the curriculum. And it's interesting that Aline's just been talking about that. She went to teach on creativity and how uh, kind of interlinked that is with the whole thing, with the whole supernatural reality of God breaking out. Um, so it's just exciting to see that in the West. And I think there's a couple of things God's doing. One is just helping us all in the whole world know that he's actually God and he's actually real. You know? Um, because the problem we've got in the West is that we've got a half real God sometimes. And I don't mean me and you and us, I just mean as a mindset, we've got a half real, we've got um, a God who sometimes maybe talks to you in certain ways or maybe has some valid stuff and maybe there's some kind of values we can take from religion and Christianity and all this kind of thing, but him actually being real and showing up and talking to us, meeting with us and doing stuff is a little bit kind of off the radar. So for some sort of, for some folks around church world, around um, churchianity as I tend to call it, we can kind of have a half real God. And I, I've got this big thing burning in me that God is either real or he's not real. And that's the approach I take with people who, you know, you would say weren't Christians or didn't believe anything about God at all. I'll just say to people, I'll say either God is real or he's not real. Yeah. If he's not real, forget it. You know, I'll, I'll leave this church I'm part of. I won't be a leader there. I'll forget the whole thing and I'll do something more useful with my life. But if he's real, then we can meet him. We can encounter him. He does stuff and that looks like something. It looks like something very, very real, not something kind of really. Um, and I get excited about healing and, and particularly some kinds of healing where it's difficult to deny that God has done something. Um, I remember a few years back, um, we'd seen somebody healed, and it was very significant for them, and it, it was a serious medical condition and so on, but I was chatting to a pal in my work about it, um, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, you know, that I understand all the psychosomatic effects of all that kind of thing, and he was kind of saying, yeah, there's, there's natural scientific explanations for all this stuff, and a lot of people do believe that, and sometimes, sometimes there's an element of truth in that, we have to be aware there's a reality in, you know, different psychosomatic effects. But some people like to use that to say, 
I'll, I'll, put, I'll put God doing stuff in a box over there because it's not really God. Um, and it can kind of creep into sort of church world over the decades as well. Um, so I love stuff where God does something and there's just no, there's no denying that, that he's done something. You know, you go back for an x-ray, it's, you know, the, the, the plates have disappeared, the bones are remade, the doctors are saying, you know, this was a lifelong condition that's gone. And that is happening more and more and more. Maybe I'm just getting more aware of it, but I, I think it's happening more and more and more. I really do. Um, and, and I get excited about that. But what I want to look at today then is, um, is our authority. But I want to take it from like a slightly different angle perhaps than we've heard before. I've heard a lot of teaching on authority and about what have we got a right to do? What have we got a right not to do? What, what's our, our position is that we are his children and therefore we get given authority and Jesus gave his disciples authority and all that kind of thing. So that means something for us and we can do stuff. And, but how do we do it? How do we operate in the authority? And do we really have all of it or not? Or how does it work? And all that kind of thing. So I want to look at some of that and I just want to kind of blow up a little bit of um, maybe misunderstanding and confusion that just muddies the waters. And it's really, really a lot simpler than sometimes we make out. So um, I'm not going to cover the whole, th the whole thing. It's a huge area. <laughs> I'm just going to look at a couple of things I believe God wants to bring to us to, to make it easier for us just to, just to move and stuff, just to move with him because it really is very simple. So if we can get rid of some of the sort of other bits and bobs that come into our mind really and our thinking around the whole area, um, that might help us. So let's see where we get to. Um, we've talked about things like the presence of God shifting atmospheres. We've talked about people getting healed. We've talked about encounter. We've talked about loads of stuff. I want to try and bring a couple of wee bits together um, and just help us sort of get a bit of a framework for what, is that, what, is it, what does shifting an atmosphere mean? You know, what does it look like? Where does it come from? Kind of biblical. What, how does that tie in with our authority? And, you know, um, we, we, get, we get hit up basically, I think, a lot on what we can and can't do. You know, do I have authority to walk in here and see this happen? Or do I not? Or do I, if I've got a position of responsibility in that realm, can something happen or can it not? And, and all this kind of thing. So, um, okay. First biblical basis for all this stuff we've talked about with shifting atmospheres and God showing up is um, the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, where Jesus taught his disciples to pray and said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, first thing I want to take from that um, when the kingdom comes, we're talking about really the king coming. Yeah. And it's because he's there that something happens. So your will be done, well, his will be done when he's there. Yeah. And really we're just talking about his presence and that makes something happen. Like my home might be different if I'm there or if I'm not there. You know, my, my presence will make a difference to my kids' lives, for example. Um, so, how does this all happen in the time that we're in? Um, well, Jesus gave his disciples authority. 
Um, Matthew 10 says, when he'd called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Um, that's a simple verse, but all. Can I just remind us we have authority over all sickness and disease, no matter where on the radar it is, of headache to, you know, already dead. <laughs> is that all right? Just to clear that up. We know it, but it's good sometimes just to say it. We have authority over all sickness. Can we just do that together? Is that all right? Can, can we just say, maybe after three, I'll tell you what first, otherwise it won't work, will it? Okay. <laughs> So that declaration is all up there. That's all fine, but I don't, have any, I don't have a PowerPoint or nothing. Okay. So we have authority over all sickness. Okay, ready? One, two, three. We have authority over all sickness. That's good. Okay. Right, I'm happy to move on now. <laughs> um, one of the things that we kind of get... Um, Hit up on is the method of using our authority sometimes. You know, ways of seeing healing happen. So, how should we pray? What should we do? And, and all this kind of thing. Um, and I just want to give a couple of examples of like sort of radical stuff, if you like, that doesn't necessarily fit models and methods. There's loads of stuff in the Bible about, um, you know, Aline was talking about blowing in this lady's eye, and well, Jesus, and the, you know, the, put the mud on, and, put, and all this kind of stuff, and there's loads of stuff in the Bible already, um, but um, there's healing, but there's also just general encounter and meeting with God, you know, I mean, there's folk that go out in the street and do things like this, they take a bit of chalk, I better not stand too close to that speaker, and they draw a circle on the ground, and they say to folk they meet, say, if you step in that circle, you'll meet with God. <laughs> do we have authority to do that? I think we do. I'll tell you why. The authority just isn't over sickness and stuff. We actually have authority to release the presence of God on the earth. And that's really what we're releasing when people get healed anyway. Okay? We're not just operating in a gift a gift of healing, a gift of prophecy when we have words of knowledge and all this kind of thing. Um, we're not just working in gifts. There's an Old Testament thing that happened where the Spirit would come on people for specific things and gift them for specific jobs. And we have gifts, so some folk will operate in healing more readily than others and all this kind of thing, okay? But we have something more than that. Gifts are really valuable. I, I really, really value that, okay? So I'm not saying I don't. But what I'm saying is, I value not just the Spirit on, but I value the Spirit in, and the difference that makes in what we're releasing, okay? Let me pin this in a bit of Scripture for you to, to look at how Jesus taught this stuff. Um, okay, in John 7, John 7 from verse 37. On the last day, this is Jesus speaking. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, 
whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, we've picked up on that verse a lot over the last wee while. Um, Jesus not yet glorified means um, dying and coming back to life again on the cross. So, we're talking about authority. We're talking about what, what, what releases that power on the earth. You know, we think of authority, the authority of Jesus' name, the power of the cross, the power of the blood, all that stuff. Yeah? yeah? So, that's what, we're, that's what we're standing, and that's the basis for this. But how does it actually get outworked in us, through us, in the world, on the planet? How, how does this kingdom come? How does a heaven come down and this stuff happen? Is because of the Holy Spirit, who was poured out in that way after Jesus was glorified. So the power of the blood and the cross and all that stuff is outworked by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, streams of living water will flow from within us, or rivers will flow from within us. Um, so what is that? We talk about flowing in the river, we talk about stuff like that. Um, one thing that I think it's helpful to remember that we all know is a simple fact about the Spirit. The Spirit is not just gifting and power and anointing to see healing happen, to see people encounter God, to see stuff happen. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, I know we know that, obviously, but in context of seeing kind of things happen on the earth and, and heaven released, we sometimes think of the power and the miracles and the, the stuff and forget really what we are releasing, what is flowing out is God himself. The flow of the Spirit is the flow of God himself, living streams alive. That's a living person. So when somebody gets healed, we can expect that they will encounter God himself. So that's what I major on if I'm like praying for someone for healing or something. Quite often I don't, talking about methods, quite often I don't use any words. I'll maybe be sitting with somebody and I'll just say, can I take your hands? And I'll take their hands and that's all. Tends to be anything that I say, um, personally, this is what I do, anything that I say is generally for their benefit to point them to connection with God. We don't need to use any words. Now, sometimes words are good and words are powerful, and that's a way of releasing stuff over people. Like Aline was talking about everyone saying flexibility, and that release something. So there are times that God will prompt us to use words and to command things to go, to, to release healing. It can be as simple as Jesus, release your power in this arm, whatever. Um, words, words are really powerful, so I'm not, I'm not negating words. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be words. It can be a flow of God, His presence, into somebody just by holding their hands. Um, last light in life, I was at, held this woman's hands, and she talked a lot, we'd listened, just to, can I just hold your hands and ask for God to, to come and show you more of Him, or something, I don't know, that's something like that I said, I don't know exact words, she took her hands, and you could see God was really all over her, touching her, and at the end she just said, I've never felt the love of God like that, it was like a fire burning inside me, you know, um, and she hadn't sort of heard that kind of language before, you know, um, so the Holy Spirit is a fire, He'll come in people in lots of different ways, so this is a river, Streams of living water. See if you've got a river flowing. I don't know if you've noticed, 
They flow by themselves. Yeah? If you get in the way of a river, yeah, some, some folks are trying to pump the spirit. You get me? It's like, oh God, they pay for healing. You know, they're trying to work something up, trying to like, as if they're trying to get, they're trying to work this pump <laughs> to get the spirit to come up out or something. It's like, I ain't what my Bible says, the river goes by itself. So, so we just go, and the river goes, you know, we just say flexibility, and God goes, you know, we don't have to work anything up. Um, we just let it flow. And water, I don't know if you've watched water kind of like come on, like say something like um, dry land or a, a wall. I've, I've been thinking about this because I've, I've just done, I've been doing my house up, right? And I've just fitted some new drainage pipes through my wall and I had to cut a big hole. And a hole in a wall isn't a very good idea generally, you know. Um, and one of the pipes had to smash out and the house was built in the 1930s, so they didn't have like these fancy hole cutters that you've got now that just go straight through a brick like that. They just had a mallet and a chisel or something, and so there's whole big bricks missing. So when I smashed out this pipe to replace it, it's not a nice wee hole like the one I drilled over here. There's another one that's just a big mess. So I'm filling it in with concrete. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm not an expert, right? I don't really know what I'm doing. I just make it up as I go along, and it usually works out, okay? Um, and you've got tinter tube as well, haven't you, for stuff like that? So, um, so I'm concreting it on, um, and I'm looking at like re-rendering the top. And there's some people saying, "Oh, use waterproof stuff or whatever." And basically, you don't actually need to. It's just depending on your method. So I fill this in the concrete, but um, the water will only seep through far in the con so far through the concrete. It's a vertical wall, so I don't need to worry. Shove concrete in, and it's fine. Um, but sometimes water will seep through concrete. Will get you know if it gets in behind rends, it can damage brickwork and stuff. Water kind of gets everywhere, and it. It can seep through stuff. It can seep through walls. So if you have, so if this wall I'm talking about wasn't halfway up my house, but it was below ground level, and I don't use some kind of waterproof, I've got a problem. So even folks that put walls up and don't particularly think that they want to be open in their heart to God or whatever, the water can seep through. You come into the presence of God, folk don't necessarily always expect to have some kind of experience with God, but they're just in it. They get wet. I mean, you go out there, you get wet. You know? Um, you put a brolly up, you still get a little bit wet. <laughs> so the river flows by itself. And it's really, really very easy. So I think authority is not so much to do with the rights that we have or don't have. I think it's all to do with connection and flow. And just a flow of Him through us. So the kingdom comes and His will be done. He gets His way because He's there. Okay. Next, one of the misunderstandings we've got around the authority area is... Um, looking at 
authority from an earthly perspective as opposed to a heavenly perspective. So when we say the word authority, it conjures up something in your mind, okay? Earthly authority is predominantly to do with control um, and people having power in order to make people do stuff. And it's, not, it's, it's usually not with relationship very often, okay? So, you know, I go and do something bad. Yeah, let's not worry about how we define the word bad. Can we just overlook that for a moment? I go and do something that is against the law of this land and against the rules of this land and the will of the king in the land, or we don't have really have one, but the government and stuff, the queen and the law and whatever you want to. Um, the police are going to come and stop me and sort it out. I don't have any relationship with them. You know? But they'll still come and sort me out if they need to. Um, but that's a control kind of framework. Whereas God isn't controlling. You know, if someone wants to have a brick wall up to him, sure the, the water might seep through, but he, he's not going to go smashing it down. You know, I do something that the government and the police don't like. They'll come and lock me up. They'll put handcuffs on me to stop me doing it. But God is a God of freedom, which is, which, very, which is very different. So you're like, well, how does that, how does authority and power match up with freedom and people sort of getting to do what they want? And I think it's something for us to remember when um, folk are talking and teaching on authority. I, I get upset when I hear some teaching on authority from a kind of control perspective or a kind of, let's go and take over the world like a... Yeah, God is taking over the world, sort of, but there's different perspectives you can have on that, okay? Um, and God is just filling the earth more and more with His glory. He's reaching people. He is just filling the planet with His presence and His glory and His goodness and revealing Himself to people. Um, and he, he is, like, invading, if you like. You know, like, a king might go and invade another land over here, right? And predominantly what you would think an army is going to go in, they're going to take over, they're going to control, they're going to say how it is, and that's what a king will do if he takes over another nation or something. Um, and it's not that kind of invasion. It's like a love invasion. And, and I think one, one of the, the, the biggest ways that people, that, that, that God impacts people and has them transferred into his ways of doing things is by captivating and capturing their heart. And this seeping in and people getting healed, people experiencing him, they look at it, they're like, wow, I need that, I want that. And in the West, you know what it's doing? It's actually awakening the reality of God and awakening the reality of who we are as his kids and the reality of the spiritual connection that we can have with him. We've shut all that down. I remember back at the start, I'm talking about, I know your school teachers are going, your primary teachers are going like that because all this knowledge stuff versus the creativity a little bit, you know, um, we haven't valued it and, and God, God is awakening that whole area. So, as Christians, does that affect us? Well, yeah. So we look at 
um, we look at the Bible and, and we look at connecting with God sometimes through an intellectual perspective. We don't do it deliberately. We don't choose to do it. You know, I know I do it because of the way that I've been wired to think and stuff. So I'm trying to unlearn some of that and look, look, at, look at stuff from a scriptural perspective, but look at it from an experiential perspective as well. So when I'm reading the scriptures, they're alive. That's what it says. I can encounter the presence of God in that as well. And um, so, um, so how does God rule? If it's his way, if it's your kingdom come, we've got a king who rules in a certain way. And that's what's happening. That's what's been released. So how does he rule? Because that's important. If we're, if we're wanting to come in this, this same, the same authority and not something different, we need to understand how he rules. Um, He's powerful, he's big, he can do what he wants, he's God, he's a father. So the way he rules is as a father. And giving freedom and bringing fathering. So see a lot of what we're doing really in um, flowing with him and the, the, the authority that we've got and releasing stuff around about, a lot of it is actually fathering and mothering people. See, Hebrews says Jesus was the exact representation of the Father. So if you look at the way Jesus went about doing stuff, it's, um, and the fact he pointed to connection with the Father and that whole like, love experience with him, that's what, that's what God's doing through all of this stuff. So um, I, I, I know we know all this. I mean, none of this is new, right? But um, sometimes... I've seen people lose sight of it in the midst of wanting to see something happen or whatever. And, you know, Andy's talking about us as, a, as these people in Scotland, in this nation, we're serious about having God do what he wants here and not miss it. But we're not focused on the stuff that he's doing. We're just focused on him and his presence and the presence of the king coming and that changing the face of the nation and the world. Um, I, I, I honestly do believe we're in incredible times and that we have authority to release His presence. It makes a huge difference. Some folk are like, well, see if you're praying, do we have authority to pray for stuff for like the whole of Scotland or do I need to be like, you know, prime minister or somebody before I can do that or how does that all work? Sure, if you have got position, you have authority in realms that you can then pray into and, and you have a natural authority as well as a spiritual. But we've got whatever spiritual authority God decides to give. It's, it's a flow. So if he wants something to flow through us as we pray, so we're coming into this 24-7 prayer week, which it is. It's incredible. And um, if you haven't booked up the things at the back, you can fill in book a slot if you want. Um, but that, make, that makes a difference in our city and our nation and the world. We just say something and it makes a difference. Stuff happens, stuff gets released, because we also have the backup of heaven. We're not just releasing heaven, we have the full backup of heaven. So if you look at Jesus in his life, he had the full backup. So let's take an example. When he goes out in the desert to get tempted um, by Satan, and, and Satan says stuff to him, one of the things he says is, by the way, that people can take and make theology out of, was that he said, oh, I've got, all, I've got everything, so I can give it to you. 
My, my question is, oh, has he? See, if you take that and make it theology about Satan having all this authority and all this stuff, well, he's a liar, isn't he? So if you're taking a bit of scripture that's what he said, it might or might not be true. Are you with me? So there are some whole areas of, of the whole authority teaching that I think have been a little misunderstood about how what happened at the fall is Satan got all this authority, got all this stuff in it, and then Jesus had to get it back. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I don't know. I'm saying I believe in the power of the cross. I'm saying I believe what Jesus, I'm not moving away from that. Okay, hear me. I'm not, right? I'm just saying, can we examine some of what's been taught? Some of what, some of the thinking that we've inherited about this big enemy and this God who had to do something to save the day. Well, he, he, he did, but all authority is still God's. All authority is still all. You know, and so he's here and Satan's here. It's not, there's not a, you know, grappling to get stuff back, you know. Um, and there can be a, a, a reclaiming things in the world and in our lives and stuff as well that, that, that needs to be done. But predominantly, I think our battle um, is um, with our beliefs and our mindsets, our ways of thinking. Because when you look in John, that's my favorite bits of the Bible, as you know by now, probably if you've heard me talk before, because I always talk about it. Sorry, I will, probably forever. John 14, 15, 16, and 17. The teaching of Jesus, some of the last teaching of Jesus to his disciples. And, and he talked about this connection. He talked about how we'll come and make our home in you and all that kind of thing. And he was talking about the release of the Spirit. So that's what we have, is him in us in a real experiential way. And this, this is back to God is real or he's not. If he is, we can feel him and know him inside. You know? Um, but the, the, whole, um, the whole teaching there, um, I've lost what it was. John 14, 15, 16, 17. I just love it. That's it, really, go home and read it, it's great. Um, but, but Jesus is teaching his disciples about connection with him, about connection with the Father, and he's talking about all this release of stuff, and, um, and he, he mentions authority there, I've, I've got it somewhere. Um, right, John 17, when Jesus is praying, he says, glorify your son that your son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have, you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And then down to the end at verse 26. I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. So he's talking about all this authority and it boils down to the love of God being in us. See what he did on, on the cross. What happened at the cross? A few things happened. One of the things that happened was the curtain was torn. Yeah. And we had access to that place and we have access to the presence of God. And really the thing I'm excited, excited about the most about the authority we have is the authority to release the presence of God. And we've talked about that in shifting atmospheres. Let me give you a couple of recent examples from my own life. Um, One's recent, one's last year. I'll start with the last year one, right? Um, I work uh, teaching. 
So I'm in teaching a class, and we're talking about um, communicating and ways of relating with each other and, and stuff, and we're talking about, um, it's, it's guidance class, really. It's, it's with people between 16 and upwards that I work with, okay? So there's like predominantly classes, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Um, so we're talking about stuff, we're talking about how um, communication and, and honesty among each other can help and different things. So we're talking about some of this stuff and kind of life skill type stuff. But suddenly I'm just aware of the presence of God and suddenly folks are talking on like a level that you wouldn't normally hear in a classroom, you know. Now remember as, as Christians we're quite often used to talking about kind of big life stuff together and that can be quite sort of normal. It's not always normal for everybody. It's not normal in a classroom to have the level of honesty that was just suddenly going on in the classroom. And it was just amazing that I just didn't watch as people opened their hearts to each other and shared. I'm like, you know? Um, and I'm able to talk to people and prophesy over them. Am I mentioning God and stuff? Usually not. Occasionally I do, depending on the circumstance and stuff. But a lot of the time I'm just speaking stuff into them and over them. But you'll notice when you're engaging with people and you're speaking into their life, when there's that openness there, they will open and they will receive it and God can deposit something in them that then shapes who they are, like talking about speaking to this girl about her identity. You know? Um, sometimes folk aren't open to receive stuff and there's no point in the kind of, there's no point in sometimes doing an awful lot in that case. You know, release the presence of God, but um, in terms of speaking into people's lives, sometimes people will look to you or be open to you, and you can, you have an opportunity to do that, and you can discern when that is. I was speaking to someone just a couple of weeks ago, um, in fact, Jenny, Jenny and John that have just moved away, I was chatting to Jenny, and she was talking about that dynamic, and she was saying you can discern when somebody's life and heart is open to receive stuff, and use that opportunity to, to speak and deposit stuff. And you can discern when it's not and when you don't. Because there's a kind of religious mindset that, that we can get into in modern kind of church, churchianity, which is that we've, people are our responsibility and we've got, to like, we've got to give them the gospel. You know? Um, well, what does giving them the gospel look like? That's what I ask. And just loving them, saying nothing sometimes. And we know that. But um, I, th I think sometimes... The enemy would be quite happy for us to just talk to everybody about Jesus all the time in some ways because some people, if, if a heart isn't open to having stuff deposited and spoken over them, then it's not, it's not going in. But when it is, it goes in. And sometimes if people kind of, I don't know exactly how this works, but there's a spiritual dynamic where if people look to you in some way, like they're asking your opinion or they're looking to you as a kind of authority or looking to you as to have influence over them, um, you actually have incredible authority in their life to speak stuff in and to see stuff happen. Um, and I've known in, in, in some cases in the past, um, and I won't, I, I, I'm, not, I'm going to choose not to go into specifics publicly, but there are times when I've known somebody's kind of like been looking to me for some advice or, or been willing to... Um, sort of just been looking to me to get stuff. Does that make any sense? Um, and I'm thinking of um, a situation where this person, um, uh, again, in a classroom setting, and uh, which is why I'm not going into all the details, um, 
but I was able to speak stuff into her life because she was looking to me with incredible power and authority that made a difference. Um, and she was, in fact, a week later, we're, we're talking and I'm teaching, and she accidentally called me dad, which is one of these kind of little Freudian slips that just shows what God was doing through me, was fathering people. So quite often speaking that positive stuff in, really, you're just kind of fathering people. Um, okay. Because connection with Father is a solution to everything. So solution to every single problem, no matter what ministry you need, no matter what. Connection. Connection with Father. And this is why it captivates your heart when you see something. Because really inside of us, we're, we're wanting connection with God. We're wanting connection with our Father. And we're all in different experiences of, of the depth of that inside our own lives. And that's what I'm, that's just, that's my, that's what I'm after. That's what I'm after, is depth of that. Because um, you grow in all this stuff. See, authority, it's like, yeah, we've got all this authority, but you grow in it too. Because it's, Jesus said in John 14, if you believe in me, these things you'll do, and greater things also. It's like, well, I want to see what Jesus did, as well as the greater stuff. Um, if you believe, and there are levels of belief. So we're growing in levels of belief, okay? You want to pin that in the Bible. I think I've said this before. Lazarus died. The disciples said, hey, Jesus, that, that's rubbish. You should have been there and sorted that out before he died. And he said to them, don't worry about it. Um, that's happened so that you may believe. So I thought they already believed. Well, they did. But there's levels of belief. And for us, remember last time, I, I need to pull this back if that's okay, but last time I spoke, I talked about these two boxes of encounter of God and God doing radical stuff. One box is, well, that's a Bible story. And one box is, well, that's a bit out there really and I'm not sure about that. But if we're remembering, hey, it's, it's all okay because God is a loving Father and that's all He's doing. He's not this authority controlling thing. But we get to see His presence or at least we get to see Him do stuff and we have authority for that. And it might look like some stuff we thought was in that shelf or this shelf or that shelf. And it might start to become our reality and our experience. Um, like I say, he's either real or he's not real. I, I, love, I, I just love this, like the idea of just drawing a circle. Step in. Why not? Just take someone's hands. Boom, they encounter the love of God. Just look at someone. Don't say anything, don't pray anything, don't nothing. Just look at them and woomph. God does something inside of them. And I do that too. I remember years ago, um, I overheard two kids in a school I was working in. And I just remembered it the other day, I'd forgotten all about it. I overheard them sitting in the corridor talking to each other. And I walked by and I just said, oh, hi lads, or whatever it was. Oh, and, I went, and he said to me, oh, I love Mr. Fulton's smile. One of them said to the other, and like, I, I was like almost out of reach. I'd just turned the corridor, you know, but I just caught it out of the corner of my eye. It's like, well, what, what has been imparted when we just look at someone, just smile at them, just, you know, we, we have authority to release the presence of God where we go um, and change the world through that. So there's loads of stuff in here probably that I don't know if I got to, but um, the heart of it is really that um, I'm just really excited. <laughs> 
about the presence of God being revealed. And we don't have to worry about methods and hang-ups about, well, how do I pray? How do I do it? Do I do it like this? Do I do it like that? You know? Um, God can do it anyway. Um, And I know we've been talking recently about creativity, like we were just talking about, and there's stories of people looking at a painting and, whoomph, God heals them just by looking at something. Peter's shadow, people were getting healed in just the presence of God around about them. It's like, we can, we can start expecting stuff like that. I just want to encourage you to start expecting it. Expect the unexpected. Expect God just to go woomph and touch someone with his presence round about us. Not because of anything other than because he's flowing. Not because we've done any pumping. Because it flows by itself. And it's going to, it cannot not happen round about us. It can't not happen. It has to happen. And it is happening. There's no, there's no maybes about this. There's no half a real God. He's real and it's happening and it's flowing. Read Ezekiel 43, 47. Ezekiel 47, the river. Is it Ezekiel 47? He's about the river coming from the throne room. It gets deeper and there's fish in the river and they catch and there's trees growing and there's, that's a picture of his spirit flowing straight from the throne room, straight from heaven. And all the goodies from heaven the peace, the love, the healing, the whole lot. The whole lot just come into people's lives. It's exciting. Okay, um, that's, that's me for today. Um, I just want to say that um, I, I really feel God wants to go for some of this today. What I mean by that is if you have any kind of healing need, any kind of pain in your body, anything like that, um, the ministry team are going to come up and offer that, um, uh, that flow of the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, bad stuff can't be. And it's as simple as that. So, um, or can I just say as well, if you're like, yeah, this guy, Andy's been here talking about this deep connection with God and stuff, God inside us and God being real. If you're like, do you know what? I really need God to be a bit more real for me right now. You know, I really need some of that love that we're talking about inside. Not just a theory. Yeah, I know about it, but I really want to experience some of that inside. Well, there's a circle over here, all right? If that's you, there's your circle. I'm serious. There's your circle, okay? So, if you want any kind of healing need, come and get some ministry team guys somewhere along here. If you're like, I just want more of that encounter of knowing that God is real inside me, then come over here. Some of the guys will pray with you as well. But you just need to come up here, okay? Thanks, folks. And um, don't forget, go and get your kids.